So, Cap, have you been able to recover from that yet or no? <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, if I felt some soreness around my body. I'm like, is that from barely being able to do 43 push-ups? Although Chris took one from me and called it 42 in the open. He did call. He did take one from you, yes. I thought you took one from me. I was like, come on, give me the 44th. No. But then I just realized my whole body gyrated. And yeah, you I didn't actually get back face. up. No, yeah. yeah. You know, it's what happened to me on number 49, going to 50. Yeah. Yeah. Now, wait a second. Um, have you recovered from your weekend of calling an NFL football game? Did you have to – you went to Houston, right? I did go to Houston, yes. Let, let me tell you something, George Sedano. Um, I never do this, but I knew it was your very first game on radio. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen. I listened to that whole freaking game on Sunday. Well, I apologize for the first drive or two when I was trying to figure out, you know, these players who move really fast looking like ants – from a Houston stadium <laughs> that basically has a hockey booth uh, for a play-by-play booth for radio. Radio gets no respect, man. None. I have now learned this. None. None. No respect. None. Zero respect. You that no thing idea. was from the sky. Like, I was oh, broadcasting from the, from the clouds. That's how dude, far I was. Thank no God I brought binoculars. No respect at all. Let me tell you something. When I, I, I spent 15 years doing Monday Night Football on radio. When we would get to the end of the game, I'd say, yeah, I want Russell Wilson. They'd say, no, TV's taking Russell Wilson. I go, okay, well, then I'll take the next guy, you know, Tyler Lockett. And they're like, okay, we'll try and get him for him. Like, try. Like, we literally had to go get our own interviews after the game was over. We could never count. There's no respect for radio. That's why they put you all the way up in that sky. But, George, I'm going to tell you right now, you did a great job for your very, very first radio play-by-play of an NFL football game. You did one amazing job. I can't believe I sat there and listened to that entire game. I can't either, to be honest with you, but thank you. You're yeah. welcome. It was on You're here welcome. on 710. I got a, uh, I some, some texts from some folks, uh, you know, who were listening in the car at different stretches. So Laura uh, actually sent me a text in the middle of the day yesterday. She goes, you know, have any idea where I can find Sedano's broadcast? I go, <laughs> yeah, I really se- did. <laughs> I, yeah. Okay, because you tweeted and I was like, oh, I have series like a series XM. So yeah. I was like, I'll just pop it in there. And there's so many channels. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay. That's not him. That's not him. But Houston, <laughs> that's not him. And I just ended up saying, hey, Lynn, Scott, like, where do I find? They're like, dude, 710. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Real radio. Yeah. You could have just hear, hear it on Real Radio. Or I believe it was on the stream on the ESPN app, too. Uh, on it ESPN was. LCN. I was listening on that. Yeah. I was listening yeah. on my phone. So, yes, George, I am recovered from our push-up challenge. You yeah, seem good. to be very well recovered from traveling all weekend and, and calling yeah. an NFL football game yesterday. So, yeah, we're, we're both ready to roll, but little did we know coming into today's broadcast, we'd have this major breaking story right in front of us. Now, Well, did we, though? I mean, did you not really know? Like, people were really upset, and I, I, I kind of don't blame them. I don't blame them either, but I'm, I will say this. I'm surprised that they fired him now. Look. You get beat by Stanford. You and I were having this conversation. And by the way, if you don't know what the hell we're talking about, if you're just like getting in your car and you don't know, uh, Clay Helton's been fired. Yes. Right. So you and I are having this conversation on Friday from Black Gold. And and I'm saying to you, look, in theory, Stanford should not be able to compete with USC. And what did I tell you? You said, but they do. And they have. And and they they will. will. And they will. Yeah. So, So they shouldn't be able to because they recruit a completely different type of player. One that really, more often than not, won't play at USC, which is why that person decides to go to Stanford. It's like, 
wait, they're offering me a scholarship to play football at Stanford. Whether I'm good or I'm bad, I don't care. I'm going and I'm taking that opportunity. Hell yeah. Life, if my you know? son got any a ride to go to Stanford, he's going. I'm driving right. his ass there. Uh, of course. In fact, I had a friend of mine whose son committed to play at Stanford this year. He's a senior in high school. Nice. And he was, it was down to USC, Stanford, Oregon. And I go, hold on, time out. I go, your kid's a Stanford kind of guy meaning he's never going to see the field at SC in all likelihood. He'll probably yep. never play it down in Oregon. Right. But at Stanford, they might actually be able to move him from defensive end to guard, and he might actually be able to play. Right. So, so you take that opportunity. But the fact that Stanford steamrolled USC the way they did. They did. 42-13 to 13 in the fourth quarter. Embarrassing to be sure. But I will admit, I'm surprised that they fired him after two games. Now, look. The, the season is hanging in the balance, and we're two games in. And part of that, George, is something that you and I talked about last week. USC's schedule is weak. There is no Oregon who just had the nope. biggest win so far for the Pac-12 by going to the right. horseshoe and winning at Ohio State. Washington's terrible. Got smashed this past weekend by Michigan. Yep. The rest of the conference doesn't look so great unless you consider UCLA had a big weekend. They didn't have to play, and they moved up three spots to 13. Right. All the well, Pac-12 Oregon had right a monster win. Right. That, yeah. That's what they got. The Pac-12 has Oregon. Yeah, Oregon had a monster win. I mean, they snapped Ohio State's 25-game home win streak. Um, it's the first time that Oregon – they were 0-4 previously going into the in, into uh, Ohio State Stadium, Ohio Stadium. And, like, that's a monster win. Like, that is monster. a signature win for that program and Mario Cristobal, for sure. But but the truth of the matter is, is that the rest of the conference is hanging it's on right. Oregon's tails. It's all right. Right. That's it. They're just hanging. And here's why. This is back to my point. USC's yeah. schedule is so weak. All they've got now is Notre Dame and UCLA. And Notre Dame, George, just barely, oh my barely God. got Toledo. by Toledo. Yeah. yeah. Just barely. Yeah, yeah. Just barely yeah. got by him this weekend. Yeah. And, and we'll by the way, UCLA a bad got barely got by a bad Florida State team. Right. Well, as we've seen, who lost to Jacksonville State at home. Dude, Jacksonville State pulls off one of the all-time greatest shockers in college football history. You know, I had to look up who Jacksonville State is. Do you know who they play against I, in their conference? No, no idea. No idea. Oh, yeah. No idea. Oh, yeah. I know they played the in the kickoff of, in the kickoff game. No, well, I don't know about that, but they played they play against They did. Teams. They played the first game of the college football season this year. I didn't realize that, but they play against powerhouses like Sam Houston State, Stephen F. Austin, Lamar, Dixie State. A school like that goes to Florida State and beats beats that team, but it all gets back to the point about college football that I'm surprised they fired Clay Helton two games into the season. But the fact of the matter is, USC's entire year is hanging in the balance after only two weeks and one devastating, destructive loss against Stanford. Yeah, I, I, I had a pretty I, pretty good idea. Like, when that stadium emptied out like that, yeah, I was, I was watching that game from my hotel room in Houston. And, uh, by the way, uh, Fox... I, listen, I'm not trying to tell anyone else how to do their job, but I'm going to do that for a second here. Um, you probably don't want to schedule a baseball game that doesn't have a time limit before a big football game like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the game was being bounced around. It was on FS2, then it was on FS1. And it's not like ESPN, which, you know, like let's say you have traditional cable or uh, or DirecTV or whatever. We, they're all the channels are like yeah. right there. Like, One you know, right if, after the other. Yeah, yeah right. So it, it's easy to, to find. If you're trying to get to Big Fox, 
um, you know, here at Channel 11 in LA, and you got to bounce to like FS2. So it, in like DirecTV, that's like in the 600s, and then, you know, FS1 is in like the 200s. It's very confusing. And also, maybe put a little bug on the screen that says, hey, you know, this is where you can find the USC Stanford game. Well, as far uh, as not, not telling people how to do their jobs, you've just done a good job of telling them how to do a better job. I mean, I'm just trying to help. Like, that's as nice like someone, as, as someone who cares about the business and everyone getting their fair share because I'm a big believer in if everyone is uh, is doing what they can do, uh, you know, and doing their best job, that means that's great for all of us. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Nonetheless, yeah, when that thing emptied out, dude, I was like, ooh, I mean, look, at halftime, I felt like they were in trouble. And I was like, by the end of the third quarter, I'm like, oh, man, he may be done. But it's still surprising to me that you fire a coach this early in the season devastating loss no doubt about it is the season completely lost it is not are they going to win a national championship no they weren't going to win a national championship in all likelihood even if they finished unbeaten during the regular season Mm -hmm. i'm just surprised that this school and this program with all the tradition of success would start the season knowing that their coach is on the hot seat and one really bad loss to a team like stanford has them make this sort of what i would call reactive, immediate decision. Now, by the way, let me just say this. With all of that being said, I agree. I agree with the firing of Clay Helton. I'm just surprised that they made this move. But why are you surprised? Because I didn't think they'd do it. I really honestly... I mean, but what what made you... Like, okay. You didn't think they'd do it because they don't have the resolve to do it because there's too much money on the deal. Because I feel like, listen, I've known Mike Bone, the athletic director at at USC for 20 years, and I just felt like knowing Mike the way I think I know Mike, that Mike would probably take his time and be a bit more patient. Because by the way, well, wait a he's second, patient, hold on, he's been patient before this year. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, um, if you remember. People wanted Clay gone. I mean, they wanted Clay gone for a number of years, and and I feel bad talking about it like this because he's he is a nice man. He's been a you know uh, uh, he's been at this place for a while, even in a role where he wasn't the head coach, and and is is a nice man, a good man, and a good football man. But he's just not head coaching material for a school this big, I believe, and well, that that's other, part of it. There's there's still this other problem though, really, George, and that is this: Pete Carroll was so successful and was such a charismatic personality that Pete Carroll made USC not just the big program of the Pac-12. Pete Carroll, and it wasn't just Pete. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was Matt Leinart. There was Reggie Bush. There were a lot of other guys. But they were so good for such a long period of time, and Pete was so charismatic that anybody who follows Pete is automatically compared to Pete. And since Pete has left, not any of his understudies, and now not Clay Helton. None of these guys can compare to what Pete Carroll was. No, of course not. Well, that's what USC fans want. Well, but USC fans need to go and realize that if this program is going to succeed, they need, they need to go one of two directions. They either need to go with the hottest young coach in the game, right, or someone who fits that mold, or – an experienced championship caliber coach, a guy who's won a championship. Does That's it have the to be route. At college? I, um, not necessarily. I mean, Pete Carroll had bounced between the two before. Well, remember when Pete came to USC? He was like the seventh option. I remember. He, yes, Pete Carroll was very simply back then because 
who who Pete Carroll is today versus he's not Pete, who he was back then. Correct. No, he was the guy who did the choking sign when he was the Jets coach in a game against the Dolphins, and then the Dolphins still won. And uh, he was the guy in New England that got fired after correct. McPherson. I, right. I know all that. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, so sure. that's who Pete was. But Pete became something so much bigger at SC. And that's what I believe SC fans want. They want somebody who. But why? Has, why? Like everybody's story can't be the same. Like well, you got to find someone in a different in a different light. Well, here, I, here's what I think SC fans want. I think they want somebody from their family to take over. But their that program. to me is overrated. That to it, me is overrated. You've had people in the family. It hasn't worked. Well, when you say the family, if we're going to talk about Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin, those guys yeah. are part of Pete's family. They weren't and Clay. Yes, but they weren't necessarily and No, right. they're part of the SC family, though. Well, Scott, they're part on. of the Pete family tree, though. They're not part right. of like the history of SC football. Okay, uh, so as, who would be who would be that person that right, you I'm would want? I'm gonna give them? you a name. I'm gonna throw okay. a name at you right now. Go, give okay? it to me. Okay, here it goes. This guy has yeah. coached two different NFL football teams. This guy was a great player at USC and is a very well very well respected NFL assistant coach now slash coordinator. I'll throw you this name. Jack okay. Del Rio. Does nothing for me. Okay. Well, listen, um, getting a program back to where it produces talent that is first round talent because he, all he, these here's other why it does nothing want to come me. there. Let, let me explain let me explain why it does nothing for me. Go ahead. If I'm a high school kid, I don't know anything about Jack Del Rio that makes me think like like think about it. these kids are what, eight, 17, 18 years I understand. old. Okay. When was the last time Jack Del Rio did anything in the well, NFL. He had a 12-win season with the right. Raiders, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. That was what year? Probably 2016, 17, somewhere in that neighborhood. So five years ago. So these kids were, you know, 12, 13 years old. Maybe they remember that. But before that, there was a lot of losing, bro. Like, he was 7-9 with the Raiders, and then he got fired in Jacksonville after 3-8, 8-8, 7-9, 5-11. And, eight, eight and, eight, and, and the, you have to go back nine years before his first, his other, his next winning season. So not, I, I just don't think that that works. But here's here's the deal. When a coach talks to a player, how much passion does he have for the program? In the case of a Jack Del Rio, I'm using him as an example, this is a guy who, this is what he's all about. This is his program. He played there. He gave his blood, sweat, and tears for this program. He was developed into an NFL player and then into an NFL coach because of what he did at USC. That's what I'm trying to get at here. You know, you can go find whoever is the I, next I'd rather keep, coach in college I, I, football. I, I'd rather keep Dante Williams and just as the interim. If he if he wins out, I'd rather keep him than Jack Del Rio. Well, if Dante, Dante Williams if Dante Williams wins out, then guess what? He got a real opportunity to keep this job. But to go from the defensive backs coach to the head coach, where now it's all on your shoulders. Um, hey, I wish Dante Williams the best of luck, and I wish USC's football program that they win the rest of their games. But after what I saw against Stanford on Saturday night, I don't know that they can do that. In fact, I'm quite certain they're not going to. Why would you say that? I just don't. I mean, they've got they, talent. I, they, well, they you know, may have some. You've, you've said it. They, well, I, I perceive them to have talent. They have talent. Well, they have guys who were good high school players and guys who had high high school rankings. Have they just not been developed? They've well? not been coached well. Well, let's see what Dante Williams is all about. But I listen to go from being a cornerbacks coach. Not a coordinator. The re why do you suppose they chose Dante Williams? 
I think because the kids respect him. And I think that if you're going to keep kids – and I think I know that the kids in the at the local level respect him. So if you're going to try to keep a recruiting class intact while you're trying to figure out your coaching situation, this is the guy to do it. He's a local kid, Culver City, right? Like, you know, he, he played at Pasadena Community College or whatever it is, City College. Um, you know, and he's on SC, and he 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 has a resume having play, having played, or excuse me, having coached at Oregon, Arizona, understands Washington, understands the Pac-12, understands LA, understands the city. To me, if you're gonna go Jack Del Rio, like really, like Jack Del Rio does nothing, well, like zero, you like Dante, less than nothing. For Dante me. Williams has been at SC for a year. The reason you keep a guy like Dante Williams is because you figure we don't want to lose a whole bunch of recruits. Um, guys that were that are that were currently recruiting that are in high school, and we don't want to lose a bunch of guys that he's already helped bring here. So to keep everybody happy, let's try and keep our number one recruiter on the staff. I understand that making him a coach that to me is a bit extreme. I wish Dante Williams nothing but the best. My idea about Jack Del Rio, I'm not necessarily married to it. I'm giving you an idea of someone who is a, a former SC star who has gone on to have a huge career as a player. And look, he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but he's been an NFL head coach twice. Yeah. That's all. By I'm the saying. way, you, you want to know a, a guy who went? I mean, granted, he did have one step in between. He was the defensive coordinator for Denny Green, but Tony Dungy basically went. I believe, like he was only a DC for for Denny Green for like two years. I want to say maybe three, and was a defensive backs coach his whole life at a yeah, bunch but, of different stops. But he did have that coordinator period in between i mean you're talking i don't know i just feel like the coordinator stuff is overrated well it might be overrated but i'm just telling you this is a guy who's been coaching like 12 or 15 guys he's a position let's open it up to the phones how about that let's open it up to the phones 877-710-ESPN 877-710-3776 is also if you want to salute me for uh for winning the push-up challenge feel free that that is uh something i I, you're you're gonna be okay in my i will be back next year pal just so you know yeah yeah uh plus matthew stafford and the rams big 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 moment and I got to ask you a question if you're ready to eat some humble pie on Matthew Stafford. We'll get to that on the other side. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. (laughs) That is funny. Come on, Kaplan. Admit that. That's funny. I think it's hilarious also, but what is also hilarious is, look, I'm stoked that the Rams won last night. I love the way they played. Uh, I was really excited for the fans. I got a lot of people this morning sending me tweets telling me that their ears are still ringing because of how loud it was last night. So I have nothing but great things to say about the way the Rams played last night. And I love the way Stafford played as well. My questions were what many people's questions were. You've put up Hall of Fame stats in a losing franchise. What happens when you come to a team in an organization that is accustomed to winning? And last night we got a glimpse into what that looks like. So let me explain something to you real quick. Um, first of all, I defended you that day um, when you when you went at him because I said I thought it was good. If you felt conviction about it, then you should you should tell him how you feel. I think I'm always of the opinion honesty is the best policy. If you you know it'd be I thought it would be worse if you talked all sorts of smack about him, which you kind of did, you know, in like a good way. 
Um, like in a fun way, not in like a personal way. Um, and you, you know, those were valid criticisms. You weren't alone on those criticisms and are not still, by the way. So I I defended you that day because I felt like if you're, you know, the audience is going to know if you're going to be a phony, right? If you talk all sorts of smack and then you're like, oh, hey man, how are you? You know, like that's not going to go over so well. So I like that you did that. He did make you eat it though, at least for one week. Well, he he did, but let me just tell you something. The the best thing that the Rams did last night, and I know we'll go deeper into the game. It's the way they responded. In other words, look, Stafford throws that first touchdown pass to Van Jefferson. That, that's a bad play by Chicago. All they have to do is touch him down. Doesn't mean that the Rams aren't going to score a touchdown, but that long touchdown pass, that's a mistake on the defense. By the way, the long touchdown, the 56-yarder later to Cooper Cup, that's a blown coverage. Those are good balls. They're well thrown. But are you really are, dissecting this, like saying that it was that you're just blaming the Bears for being no, bad? No, no, no. What I'm what I'm saying is is that what they did mm-hmm. so well, what the Rams did better than anything last night, is they responded. Here's what I mean: When Justin Fields scores that three yard touchdown, it's twenty to fourteen, and we're in the third quarter. What do the Rams do? They respond. They wind up scoring a touchdown to make it twenty seven fourteen, and that was the series of the game. That's the quarterback difference. That's the experienced veteran quarterback responding at the right time. By the way, I watched the game twice. I got yeah. five or six yeah. pages of notes here. So. Yeah, yeah. L- Lindsay, let me ask you a quick question. Does it sound like Kaplan is making excuses for him going after Matthew Stafford by saying basically the Bears are yeah. who we thought they were? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it sounds like. I mean, that is the sports radio move of all sports radio moves. I actually think the sports radio move of all sports radio moves is going back and finding a question about six months ago when he first signs and then bringing it back and going, look, he put it in your face because he played one really good game. Let me explain something to everybody. I'm not yeah. going to be I'm not going to be put in a corner where I'm the now anti Stafford guy. I'm no one says you're anti. I'm I, I just said that you had questions. You you had valid concerns that people had then and still have now. How is it they were painting you in a corner? I'm not going to get painted in the corner, George. Okay. I'm pro Ram. I'm pro you Stafford. Did, you did kind of. I out, compared him to Philip Rivers and said Philip Rivers played for a crappy organization his entire career, put up Hall of Fame statistics, went to Indianapolis, and in one year took them to the to the playoffs. I want Stafford with his Hall of Fame statistics to leave crappy Detroit come to L.A., and immediately take the Rams deeper into the playoffs than they were a year ago. And he will. Sean McVay, listen, when you talk to people at the Rams, and I did recently, right, over like the weekend before the game, and I was like, you know, what? what's the feeling like? And they were all giddy. Every one of them, giddy. Just giddy. Like, ooh, you're not going to wait till you see what this team looks like when, when they come out there on Sunday. And well, that was like good. the reaction across the board. And look at what happened. They should look good again this week when they take on Indianapolis. Indianapolis took on Seattle, and Seattle crushed them. And there were a lot of long touchdown passes in that game. So I expect the Rams to do exactly what they did this past week to Chicago, to do it again to Indianapolis. Uh, They should. Right. Indy's not very good. Um, They run the ball okay. Um, Their defense is okay. But, yeah, I I think that the Rams are a better team. The NFC West is the best division in football. They all won. They're all going to fight each other to the death like a you know a rock fight, basically, all season long. Yeah, and by the way, um, as much as we all think and Vegas thinks, well, the Rams are easily going to win this division, let me tell you something. Seattle's no, going to be good. not about easily. Ne- right, you can never count Seattle out. Okay, that, that's number one. Um, 
you can't count out San Francisco. They were in a Super Bowl two years ago, and I loved what they did yesterday using Garoppolo and the rookie Trey Lance. And then let me tell you something else. Of all these teams in the NFC West, Arizona had far and away, far and away, the most impressive win of all four teams in the NFC West to go on the road to a real contender like Tennessee and take it to the Titans the way they did. Don't get, don't just you put Arizona in the rear view and go forget those guys. They have no chance. Arizona got a chance. Good chance. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's any question about that. I'm not denying that at all. But here's the deal. If I'm Sean McVay, think about it. For the last couple of years since they went to the Super Bowl, you know, it was Kyle Shanahan is the new wonder boy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, everyone's kind of like, ah, oh, is he overrated? You know, the Rams aren't as good. Like, you know, he was getting all this stuff out of Goff. Now he can't get it out of Goff anymore. And it's like there were a lot of people forgot, hey, Sean McVay, really good at, at, at just in general, but certainly really good at offense. You give him a quarterback that's also really good, it's going to look really, really good. Well, it did for, for the first game, although I got to say, Coach McVay, if you're listening this afternoon, and I assume that you must be, can I just say one thing that you and I, sir, have a difference of philosophy when it comes to kicking short field goals. It was fourth and one in the second quarter, and the Rams went for it on fourth and one rather than trying a 50-yard field goal when earlier Matt Gay had kicked a 53-yard field goal. They went for it. They got it. Ultimately, on third and goal, the Rams settled for a 22-yard field goal. Coach, trust me when I tell you, Short field goals do not win championships, so start getting into a pattern now. If it's shorter than a PAT, which is 32 yards, we go for it all the time, particularly on the road. That's just oh, I'm with philosophy. you there. I, 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 and I've had these conversations with him about about that over the last couple of years. To be honest with you, I'm with you a hundred percent. Like I, I am. He, it's weird because he's like really aggressive for most of the game, but there it, it, it it's not the same for whatever reason, which is strange, but I've never gotten like, I feel like a, a satisfactory answer uh, when it comes to that. So look, McVay's licking his chops. People forgot about McVay. All right. And uh, you know, Laura, I mean, you've been looking for an NFL team. This is the time week one. You ready Rams? I'm not ready to commit. Ay, ay, ay. But it's a now I know it's why 11 11 at least, uh, you know, hey, you know, shot how did a shot. That come into what? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't appreciate that. <laughs> I think she has a commitment problem, not a Rams problem. I think she has a commitment issue. You know she, what? I don't have a commitment issue. Let's go, Rams, okay? Yeah, Whose yeah, house? Rams' yeah. house. Let's go. There you go, Louder. Right? Yeah, Let's do this. Yeah. Whose house? Yeah. Rams' house. Let's That's go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. Here we go. I'm dating right. the Rams. There you go. There we go. They got a rose. <laughs> All right, coming up next, I have a friend who has performance anxiety, and I'll explain uh, what the hell that means. Plus, the Raiders are about to kick off shortly. We'll get into the Raiders and how John Gruden has missed the boat. I'll explain that in a couple of minutes as well. Stick around. We'll be back in just a few moments here on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Ah, the Raiders. Is it must Monday win? night football. Nice. The Vegas stadium looks pretty badass. Speaking of, uh, I know everyone is raving about SoFi as they should, but uh, I, I, man, 
That DJ booth nightclub, wind yeah, nightclub cool. they'll have in the end zone looks pretty cool, too, to be honest with you. But you know what they don't have in Vegas that we what? do have in L.A. at SoFi? They I mean, a winning have, team? Say again, George? A winning team? Well, besides that, that's actually a much smarter answer than the one I was about to give. They don't have one of these giant video boards up above the field. No, they, they got have, it in the corners. They, yeah, They yeah. don't have that. They don't have that thing right there. So, look, they built a beautiful new stadium. Yeah. In Vegas, but they wow! Didn't look build at this lobster thing stadium. they got. They're coming out. And they're bringing uh, Booger and uh, Randy Moss and Steve Young. It's like a lobster seafood tower. Uh, oh, nice. They're in the end zone in the wind club mm -hmm. uh, with the DJ and the girls with the uh, with the lights and all that stuff and the bottle service. Though they're not getting actual bottles, they do have the orange juice, the cranberry, and the club right. soda. They got the there. mixers. <laughs> yeah, they got no, they got no, no booze though. Right. And they got the Raiderettes behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um, I was actually—it's so funny. I was gonna go week three to watch the Dolphins, but I've mm -hmm. got—I've got a game now. Um, yeah. I'm doing the Seahawks and Vikings that week, so I'm not gonna be able to go. But I was my gonna go check it out. My girlfriend actually said to me this past weekend, she said, "Why don't we fly up to Vegas for the Monday Night Football game?" And I said, "Great idea." With this small exception of the radio show not getting right. off the air till seven. Yeah. So you know, getting up there for the second half doesn't sound good. No, not as fun. Because what if it's not a competitive game? Right. Well, I definitely think that it's it's on my list of, of games to go to this year. No, do it like we a talked about this. We were going to yeah. do a road trip, remember? Right? Yeah, I love it. I love the idea. We, we should just pick – well, I'll tell you this. I, I have a lot of time in October, uh, as long as we do it before the NBA season, because I don't have very many football games in October outside of USC and Utah. Um, so I, I, can, I can do, uh, you know, Raiders in October. We should also look at uh, their primetime schedule and see if maybe there's a way to go up and, and do a broadcast and then just go right into the game. Ah, forget it. Let's just go. Let's do the show here on Friday, and we'll go up there on Sunday, and we'll just do it that way. Yeah, let's figure it out. Uh, so anyhow, um, let's go to the phones. we got a lot of people who want to chime in on USC. Fernando in East L.A. Fernando, what's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, so I'm a, a lifelong USC fan, and I think that like uh, hiring alumni is pretty overrated. I was seeing the broadcast this week, and um, I seen Bob Stoops there. So I would think that'd be a good hire. And with the talented players he could get in Southern California, I think he could win right away. Okay, Bob Stoops, the former coach at Oklahoma. So yep. Got a championship, right? Okay, right. Yep. But, but how long has he been out of coaching now? Like two, three years. Okay, so your, your whole point about Jack Del Rio does nothing for you Right, but Bob Stoops has won at the college level at Oklahoma. Like, you know I what I mean? It. Like, what does Jack Del Rio want? He hasn't done – listen, you guys got to understand something. If you're part these of a kids, program – These kids don't know Jack Del Rio. Thank you, Fernando. Fernando. Thank you. I understand what you're saying, but, but let me explain Fernando. to you. My friend, what you say is this. If, if you're Bob Stoops and you come walking in, okay, and you go sit down with a kid in his, high school, in his, uh, in his living room with his parents, like, hey, come to USC. Well, coach, why USC? Well, because I was really a good coach at Oklahoma, and USC's got a lot of tradition. Versus someone who played and bled and loved and gave everything they had to USC. That Let me ask you a question. A Are you tight with Del Rio or something? No, not really. No, not, not really oh, at all. okay. I'm just no. curious. No, I'm, um, I'm, listen, Del Rio's an example. If you guys can give me 10 other examples of guys who played at SC who then have become assistant coaches or even head coaches elsewhere, I'm just saying that people like to support somebody who's part of the family because that the person who's a part of the family has a great passion for the program. That's what I'm saying. I, I get that, and thank you, Fernando, for the call. I, I get that part of it, but 
these kids, man, they, they don't know about that stuff. They don't well, care. Well, let me Pat- ask you a question, George. Did anybody yeah. know who Mario Cristobal was at, at Oregon? Yeah, he was Nick Saban's lead recruiter. The kids all knew who he was. Yeah, but I'm saying name value wise. By the way, that's no, a no, very no. Solid but again, this you, is what you're way. missing. This is yeah. about the kids. The kids were the five star guys knew exactly who Mario Cristobal was because he was the lead recruiter. He was the lead recruiter at Alabama. He was the lead recruiter at Miami for years. Uh, but wasn't when he they the were coach at like FIU or something? He like was, that? and he found Ty Hilton, and you know the guy's been in the league for twelve years. Well, listen, man, that was a good answer by you because I didn't know that he was the lead recruiter at Alabama. So you got me on that one but i'm just saying to you that it's there's you're we're talking about names you know who is a name guy that impresses these kids okay and, a guy and, like a guy who's either winning right now or a, a young head hot head coach like a luke fickle or mario cristobal or someone like that or a guy with a real championship pedigree which is bob stoops fits that particular culture or that particular um um, you know, he checks off a box there, basically, is yeah, what I well, mean to say. Well, I, I will tell you right now, a guy like Mario Cristobal, who's doing well up at Oregon right now, he's not going to be saying to himself, hey, you know what? Let me go from Oregon to USC. Maybe, maybe I not, but you should make the call. You have nothing to lose. Mm. Well, well, I don't see him. I don't see him. I mean, I'd rather lose. call him than, than Jack Del Rio. Well, look, you're, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'd rather call him than Bob Stoops. How about that? Well, yeah, because he's a guy who currently has a job, and not only could you take him from Oregon, but you, you could hurt them while helping yourself. I, I could buy that all day long. All right, but, Patrick and Rosemead real quick. Let me sneak some calls in, Captain, because we're running out of time. Hey, hey, guys. Well, here's the thing. I mean, this is what Pete Carroll did. No, whatever name we throw out there, we can't just uh, put it down right away because Pete was like, when he, you guys are right, when Pete came to SC, he was like the number six or seventh man on the list. Yes. He did not do well at, in New England. He did not do well with the Jets. And, in fact, you know, he became successful at SC as a defensive coordinator, got the kids across the nation to come to SC, and now here he is doing well up in Seattle. So, I mean, we can't just throw names down. Now, I got a name for you, and, hey, it's digging down. He had a little trouble as a coach, but he also won a championship, and that is Trestle, who coached before, who was there before Urban Meyer. So Jim Tressel, the former Ohio State coach. He hasn't coached yeah. in forever. That guy's been out of coaching oh. for a really long time. And here's the thing, though. Do not count out Nick Saban coached one year with Miami Dolphins and then got lured back to Alabama, And even though he said he was not going to be a two. coach. It was two seasons with, with Miami two before seasons? he went back to Alabama. Yeah. Okay, well, I thought it was one season. What are you going to say? You're going to say that Urban Meyer is going to leave after one year at Jacksonville and come take the SC job? I would think so because obviously I would. Hey, anything's possible, right? Nobody. Hey, look, Urban Meyer is going to be there for at, for at least a couple of seasons in Jacksonville. Like he's going to have to be bad for like three seasons before they get rid of him. I don't want anything to do with okay. Urban Meyer. Not a fan. I understand yeah. his resume. Neither am I. I, by I the understand way. the wins. Yeah. I don't yeah. think his personality meshes with the community. Uh, and and I, you know what? Once things get tough, he'll all of a sudden have some reason why he can no longer coach the team. I, I'm out on Urban Meyer. Gelato Drew on the 405. Gelato Drew, what's up, man? What's going on, fellas? Kaplan, I'm with you with the with the Stafford slander. That bum ain't won no playoff games. And Sedano with your Del Aren't Rio. Aren't you like slander. a Raider fan, though? What do you know about exactly, playoff games? Exactly, exactly. So Del Rio was the last coach to get the Raiders to the playoffs and had Carr playing like an MVP. The kids know him because I graduated SC undergrad 15, grad school 17. He knows the program. He knows the pedigree. 
and he'll be able to keep the kids from leaving to the SEC in California. We can what? compete if we keep our five-star recruits. Man, let me tell you something. Ain't so no stop. kids, no, no Jack no, Del Rio, bro. Ain't no kids who are, who are being recruited right now at 16, 17 years old know anything about Jack Del Rio. They were like 10 when he won a playoff game. A that, playoff that, game. That may be true, George. What you're saying may be right. And I assume that it is that most of these kids aren't going to go, ooh, Jack Del Rio, wow. But when you go, oh, but Jack Del Rio played in the NFL for 12 years. Oh, Jack Del Rio coached the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's oh, cool. Their, the their dad or their uncle or, you know, whoever, their mom, whoever will, will know Jack Del Rio. But they when, won't Jack care. Del Rio, when Jack Del Rio talks to you about playing for USC, it will be a whole different world than Bob Stoops talking to you about playing for USC because Jack Del Rio yeah. is USC. Right. Bob Stoops but, is a hired coach. That's it. Yeah, but there are a lot of hired coaches who Understood. do well. I understand that, but I'm just telling you that those of us who have seen our, our respective college football programs go through transitions, we all want the same thing. Hire somebody who cares about it the way I do, and that's just it. You know, you can go out right. and hire a coach versus hiring somebody who's an insider. All right, keep it rolling. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. I didn't get to my buddy who has performance anxiety. We'll get to that. Uh, we didn't get to the, to the Raiders other than to make fun of uh, – Gelato Drew for not knowing anything about playoffs uh, wins because he's a Raider fan. Um, so Gruden, he is missing the boat, and I'll tell you why on the other side. 710 ESPN. We're back in three minutes. It is a great song and an unbelievable video. You can watch it on YouTube because that's where you watch music videos now. And that will help a teenage boy become a young man very quickly. Like really quickly. Yeah. It was a fantastic video. Still a great song. That's still a banger right there. Right, Laura? Still a banger? Yeah. No? <laughs> wow. I love Mariah. Old Mariah, but... This is kind of old, old-ish Mariah. Oh, no, no. I know, I know. But I'm saying... Eh. I mean, if I was like, ooh, I want to hear some... It wouldn't be this one. Just I mean, 1997 right here? Mm. Boy, that was the that was the height of Jack Del Rio's playing career in 1997. He was <laughs> oh, an all-pro Jack Del Rio. <laughs> and you and Gelato Drew keeps tech tweeting me. He's like, oh, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's recruiting local California kids, and he has oh, he ties here. And, like, bro, let me explain something to you. The, the ties to the program, I think, is so overrated. The, how's that work the last three guys? Like, stop. Stop with that already. Stop I will make it. a differentiation between the last three guys and somebody who actually played played at USC, but that's that's my that's my brain wrapped up in you know if you played here and you loved it and it's your school for life versus a hired coach who's just here until he gets the better job or gets fired. And by the um, way, that, that doesn't always work out necessarily. I mean, go ask the people at Nebraska how they like Scott Frost so far. Right, you know he stinks. They're getting their ass kicked. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it always works. I'm just saying it's what a lot of people, and I'm putting this in quotes, in the family want to see happen. I'm with Hooper's X on Twitter who says, USC needs to stop reaching into its past and find a new coach and just go hire the best available one. Yes, that's exactly he also what said that Hooper's ex said that he's tired of me because the, this is the worst idea I've ever had. No. This Jack idea. You've had way worse well, ideas. Not even close. Way worse. This is nothing. Yeah. This is actually yeah. a great idea compared to a lot of my other ideas. For sure. I will give you that. Hey, Thank so you. I have a buddy, and I'm curious before I get back to the calls if anyone else knows anyone like this, or maybe someone <laughs> is, is de deals with this too. So in my text chat with like a bunch of my pals, there's one guy 
And it, I don't even know how it came up. I just all of a sudden looked at my phone. There's like 35 messages in this one chat. And um, he was talking about how he basically has performance anxiety in public restrooms. Like he can't go in public restrooms, particularly at the urinal. Um, he can't do it. He can't go number one. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, dude, if I'm at a game, okay, chances are I've been hydrated in one way, shape, or form, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Either I'm drinking a lot of water because it's hot as hell outside, or I'm trying to balance it with drinking some booze and then probably drinking a lot of water to try to not be hungover and in the hot weather. So I'm drinking a lot of fluids. So I'm going to the bathroom probably a lot, particularly once you break the seal. It's pretty much over. So, especially at my age now. So, old man. I mean, I'm there. I'm getting there. I ain't young anymore. That's for sure. I don't sure. know, man. You can't do 50 push-ups. Embarrassing. I know. How many did you do again? I think I only did like 43, as a matter of fact. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, um, I I was like just stunned by this conversation because. I can go almost on command, bro. Like, you literally can. I can go anywhere, okay? I have used the bottle, a Gatorade bottle in the car on a road trip. I have done, um, I have gone where I need to go, okay? So, in a public setting, no problem. Not a big deal at all to me. But are there, do you know anyone like this, Scott? Not at all. As a matter of fact, I mean, really, it doesn't matter to me. I was at a music festival this past weekend in Redondo Beach. They had these portalettes set up. Oh, the beach life. Yeah, Yeah. beach life. And and that was completely random from out of nowhere, but I'll, I'll get to it later on. But yeah, no problem at all. It's like if I have to go, no matter where it is, that's where I will go. Now, now, I don't know anybody now, who has this kind of problem. Now, for the let me ask the the ladies here because for a woman, that's a whole different ball game. Like, there's a lot that has to go into, oh, it, particularly yeah. at a public restroom at like a game scenario mm-hmm. situation. Like, you guys have a lot of stuff you have to deal with way more than us anyway to begin with. Um, so, Lindsay, I'll start with you. Um, like, performance anxiety in the bathroom. Do you know anyone in a public restroom that that has this situation? No, but, um, I, I mean, I guess I don't really know about guys. It seems like it's a thing. But for me, I don't really – I try as much as humanly possible not to use public bathrooms because they really sure. gross me out. Sure. So, I mean – Well, it's, way, it's, it's way, like, way more for a woman, yeah, because you got to, like, yeah, you got more yeah, stuff and to Yeah, and, like, you yeah. can't even sit on the toilet seats. Right. Like, it's all yeah. gross. It's just yeah. bad. <laughs> right. 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 Well, Louda? Oh, yeah. For I don't have – performance anxiety but like Lindsay, i have tried to avoid the public restroom scene because for us is the line right there's like a 30 minute line so i'm like longer than do i really need to go that bad (laughs) like uh yeah no but that's weird like just if you gotta go you gotta go what's why you gotta think about it you know all right i i I just was stunned i didn't know that this was a thing um i'm curious only his thing no, because then in the chat, somebody else said they do the same thing. Like he said that whenever he goes to like, you know, as a single guy, he's like, whenever I go to like a bar or a club, I, I just hold it. I don't want to go. You know what I'm saying? Like it just he's like my bladder needs a therapist. And I, was, I started laughing. I thought that was a funny line. But yeah, like apparently this is a thing. Like I didn't realize it. I'm curious to see if anyone else knows anyone or is one of these people. Um, and I, you know, what goes into that? I'm not trying to shame you. I'm just curious. Uh, Jerry in L.A. wants to talk SC. Jerry, can you go in the public restroom okay or no? Yeah, guys. Hello? Yeah, yes, Jerry, sir. You, got, you got stage fright or you want to talk about SC football? You tell us. Oh, I want to talk about SC football, but I'm a UCLA fan. So oh. uh, the fact that, that they fired SC because kind of like the guy that comes on before you, nobody likes SC because they're arrogant, they're classless. 
when they lose, they're not humble. And uh, nobody really cares about SC. So I'm glad that, that Clay Helton's been there. They should hire somebody like Chris Peterson or uh, maybe Cristobal. But uh, nobody cares about USC. UCLA is going to kick uh, Jerry, this Jerry, year. Jerry, I mean, okay. nobody cares about USC is a bit of an exaggeration. Now, I believe that UCLA, particularly right now, deserves a ton of respect. Uh, and I love what they're doing. I'm a, you know, anyone who listens to this show knows I'm a big fan of Martin Jarman. I actually felt like, you know, I, I, I had said I thought Chip Kelly would turn this thing around. I didn't think it'd take this long, but it looks like he's finally there, uh, or at least headed in that direction. But nobody cares about USC. That seems like a bit of an exaggeration. Well, an no. exaggeration. I mean, what happens when you go to the Coliseum? Or a fallacy. There's, there's 85,000 yeah. people at the Coliseum. Are those people that are there because they don't care about SC? Yeah. I, I, I mean, Jerry, I, I appreciate you. But come on. like that, that, That's where you lose me a little bit here. Uh, but thank you for the call. Farley in View Park. Farley. Farley, can you go in a public restroom? Absolutely. No problem. No problem. Okay, good. Yeah, good for you. Hey. So with Cap and uh, I hear what Cap's saying, but they, you know, with Jack Del Rio, I think they've put out feelers for him over the last several years because Clay's pretty much been with us for about 11 years. I don't think Jack actually wants to coach college. I think he's happy in the pros. Might be the case. That, that absolutely might be the case. But I will just say one other thing. You know, George is making this point about Del Rio where he says the kids don't know him. You know what Jack Del Rio has done really, really well in his career mm, is yeah. put together great coaching staffs. And by the way, when you put together a great coaching staff of guys who are Hall of Fame players, the kids know those guys. And when all of a sudden a guy like Rod Woodson says, hey, I'm going to come visit you at your house, you're like, oh, my God, Hall of Famer Rod Woodson is sitting in my house. That's cool. I want to be a Hall of Famer. I want to be an NFL player. Rod Woodson can tell me how to do it. I'm just giving you an example of, of what a, somebody like a Jack Del Rio can do. I'm not saying he wants a job. I don't know if he has any interest or if SC has any interest in him. I'm giving an example of somebody who comes from the SC family who cares deeply about SC football. That's where I'm at on this. Yeah, yeah, not buying it. You're snoring uh, on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. The staff, okay. There's been a lot of good staffs here. So it hasn't worked out so well. Well, uh, the one staff that they had that was so great, three guys became head coaches thereafter. Right. And uh, then they tried to hire all those guys. Again, get out of this family thing. The family thing is overrated, bro. Trust well, me. I'm, but I'm talking about two different families. There's the Pete Carroll family, and oh then there's God. the SC it's football It's all the family. SC family at mm -mm. the end of the day. No, no. Mm -mm. Yes, it is. Don't agree. Yes. I, you're saying Del Rio is extra family because he's a USC Hall of Famer and he played for the team and all that. That's right. I get what you're saying. That's it's right. still versus, the end of the Versus Lane Kiffin or Steve Sarkeesian. Right, but they basically those guys were babies when Pete hired them. They basically grew up here. I understand that. Those guys were assistant coaches at USC that became head coaches at USC. Jack Del Rio is USC football. That's all I'm trying to say to you. I mean, Listen, hey, I'll give you another example. Let me give you another example of a coach. Give me another example then, Scott Kaplan. Give me another okay. example. Okay. This one has nothing to do with SC football. Here Go ahead. You ready? Who? All right. You Who? Ready, George? Are you ready? Give me the damn name. Deion Sanders. Oh, wait. Hold on. Check that. Coach Deion Sanders. Uh, now I can address you properly. So uh, since you mentioned him right by the right name. I, you know, I wouldn't be against it. If 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 he could coach, sure, let's do it. Now, do do the kids know him? I mean, the kids know him because he's been on TV for the last uh, you know two decades. Sure. Okay, very good. Well, listen, Coach Deion I, Sanders. How about this? Yeah. Let's. I mean, listen. I I think the list should be extensive. Okay. Let's take. Let's tackle that list a little bit on the other side. 
Um, I also screwed up again and did not tell you about the John Gruden thing missing the boat. I will do it, I swear. And tell us if you have performance anxiety going number one in a public <laughs> restroom. 877-710-ESPN. Because if you have one, you definitely are, are, have it for number two. 877-710-ESPN. All right, keep it rolling. We're back in three minutes.